How many of you know some stupid people? How many of you are married? No, I won't go there. I won't go there at all. I won't go there at all. But we all, we all have the complete capacity to be stupid people. Uh, if you're joining us, we're in this series in the book of Proverbs called Stupid Should Hurt because all through the book of Proverbs it talks about fools and, and contrasts that to being wise. And, and so if you haven't been here, we're just, this is a, today's the fourth of a five-part uh, series. Uh, part one, Pastor Kevin talked about, it's, it's kind of foolish to say, I, I don't need help, I'm good, I'm good. And be so self, you know, I'm so self-sufficient, I don't need anything, that's, that's actually foolish. Uh, and then part two is fool's gold. Uh, Pastor Kevin talked about just, there's, there's so many ways we can spend our money and, and so many of us, we, we go down the stupid path because we're not spending wisely. We just swipe without thinking it, without planning it, and it's just impulsive and then we get in trouble. Last week, I talked about uh, ignoring guardrails. Guardrails are given by God to warn us and to protect us because he wants to minimize damage in our lives so that we don't, you know, have to get major problems, but our stupidity will just blow through a guardrail and then realize, man, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Today, we're going to talk about stupid sex, stupid sex. Yes, I am going there today because it's all through the book of Proverbs. Now, I don't know if you saw when you came in the room, uh, at each of the doors, there's a a PG-13 sign. If you're new to Grace Point, which we have many people new. Uh, We put those out there when I'm going to talk about something like this. Now, it doesn't mean I don't want 13-year-olds to be here. In fact, 13-year-olds need to hear this. Pre-teens need to hear this. But PG is is parental guidance, that you have a responsibility as parents to walk them through uh, these real-life issues so that they're not unaware and don't assume that they're just going to figure it out on their own. Oh, they will figure it out incorrectly by their friends and by our culture. It is your responsibility. It's, it's, it's not Pastor TJ's responsibility. Uh, we, don't, we don't pay him enough for, for him to do your job. Uh, so thank you, TJ. There you go. But what, I, what I'm going to talk about today, given our culture and given this, the demographics of, of our church, some of you will hear this information for the first time because it's not in our culture. And here's the problem. All of us have been lied to by our culture regarding sex. We, we have been bold-faced, lied to left and right. So some of it, this may be radical information. Or I've never heard this before. Some of, some of what I'm going to talk about is going to be like, ouch, because it's, it's reminding you of when you were stupid and how much it hurt. And, and I don't want you thinking, well, we got a bunch of teenagers in, in the house and, you know, they really need to listen to this, which they should. Uh, or young adults or singles or military. No, no, no. If, if you're old, if you're a grandfather like me, it applies to all of us. All of us have all kinds of sexual temptations at our fingertips that we can go down the stupid path. King David was in his 50s when he had stupid sex with Bathsheba. So don't any one of us think, well, this is not, not for me. If your heart is still beating and pumping blood, this applies to you today. And again, as I said last week, the purpose of the series is not to point the finger and be judgmental. I'm not the judge. I'm not your judge. God is. I, I'm here in this series really providing good judgment, you know, counsel and wisdom. Because so much, again, so in this area, we have been lied to so much. We have bought in that lie and realized, why is it so painful? 
So we're going to unpack that today. If you're taking notes, the central point is this. Our choice, and it is our choice, our choice between stupid sex or designer sex will determine our destination. I'll unpack both of those. I'm going to contrast both of those. But we have a choice. We can go down one path or another path. And each path is going in a direction and every direction has a destination. You will get to that destination if you stay on that path. Now, the stupid sex path is a six-lane highway. The designer sex path is a little narrow path that's less traveled. The, the six-lane highway path of, of, of stupid sex is cheered and encouraged and promoted and advertised in our culture. And our culture mocks the small path of designer sex that that destination is incredible. But there's two, there's two def, there, there's de destinations. The path you choose will take you there, whether it's unfulfilled destination or fulfilled destination, whether it's a satisfied destination or an unsatisfied destination or a regret destination or a freedom destination or an unpure destination or a pure destination. And it's our choice. It's our choice. Go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 5 today. Proverbs chapter 5, is one of, I'm going to read through every verse in this, give you some commentary, provide a contrast, and also provide wisdom along the way. Because my heart, my heart is, um, I, I'm preaching to myself today. Because past, too many pastors have walked down the stupid path of having stupid sex. And I'm not talking just sex, but pornography and strip clubs and I mean, there's, I mean, there's all sorts of things that, that comprise this path. So I'm preaching to myself, but also I want, I want to help all of us to understand that we have a choice and we need to choose wisely. And I hope that you choose God's path. Well, Proverbs chapter 5 is a father writing to his son and he's saying, listen to me, listen to me. He's like pleading with him to listen to him. And I, I'm, I'm going to warn you. I'm going I'm to try to guide you. I'm going to try to keep you from pain. But just because it's a father to a son, the same principle applies if it's, it's fathers like me who have daughters or, or a mother to, to their daughter saying the same piece of advice. The, the, the advice still works for both men and women. And this father's saying, I'm trying, I'm trying to warn you that there's an enticing path that leads to death, and it's going to be attractive, and it's going to be soothing and appealing, and, but I'm going to try to warn you, and you're going to watch out for the wayward woman, if we can say if it's for our daughters, a wayward guy, you know, that talks smooth or looks good, and it's all appealing. I've got to watch, watch that. that. That's my passion today is to help every single one of us to not fall for that deception. So I'm gonna teach truth today, as uncomfortable as it may be, and uh, because, because truth leads to freedom. So let me, let's walk through this whole chapter about this. He says, my son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion, meaning make the right decisions, and your lips may preserve knowledge for the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother 
that oil, she is so alluring and tempting. But, but in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death and her steps lead straight to the grave. Right, that's, that's a dead end, painful ending. Don't go there. Verse 6, she gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Here's passion. Listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Don't even go close, right? Don't go near the door of her house. Stay far away. Lest you lose your honor to others. Lest you lose your dignity to one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another. It will even cost you financially if you give in to this temptation. Verse 11, and at the end of your life, you will groan. When your flesh and body are spent, you will say, man, how I hated discipline. Translation deep in there is like, what an idiot I've been. How my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instruction. And I, I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people was even affecting my worship. Then he says, now this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Drink water from your own cistern, for your, from your own source of sexual refreshment. That's what he's talking about. Drink water from your own source of, of spirit, uh, sexual refreshment. Running water from your own well. He's talking about your spouse. That's where you should drink from. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public square? Now that, that is a very erotic verse that I'm not going to unpack. But your sexuality is saying, do you really want your sexuality to be flown in, in the public square? Out in public. It says instead, look at verse 17. Let them, your sexual appetite, your sexual refreshment, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain, I was talking about your spouse, may your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Focus on your girl. Focus on your wife. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? And here's a reality check as he closes out his instruction. Here's a reality check. For your ways are in full view of the Lord. Full view. He sees everything. And he examines all your paths. The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sin hold them fast. It leads sin leads to bondage. Verse 23. For the lack of discipline, they will die led astray by their great, own great folly. I'll update the translation. Led astray by their own great stupidity. This father is passionate. A parent's passionate. Like, I don't want you to go down this path. 
It's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to pain. It's going to lead to sorrow. It's going to lead to regret. Instead, I want you to focus on the path that the designer of sex would want you to go through. It'll be fulfilling. It'll be exhilarating. It'll be satisfying. So he's showing that there's two paths. Choose wisely. He's pleading with them to choose, to choose the right path. So what I'm going to do is unpack quickly just some characteristics about stupid sex, that six-lane six lane highway that our culture uh, is pointing everybody to, and I'm going to show you the contrast. First of all, stupid sex in our culture is completely accepted. It is cheered on. It's in movies. It's in Music it is uh, commercials. I mean, it is everywhere. We cannot get away from sensual uh, temptations and advertisements. It is completely acceptable, you know, to, for sex before marriage. I mean, the whole concept of I'm gonna, you're gonna you're gonna save your you're gonna you save your sex for for when you get married. You're 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 kind of abstaining. I'm like, are you are you human? Are you like are you a foreign alien? And it's, it's mocked out because it's completely strange. And they're like, this, this is normal. I mean, like, normal people do this. You just, if you feel the urge, you take care of the urge. And you go find your enjoyment all over the place. It's accepted. But stupid sex is also warned by God. And God is not a God who's like, I'm, I'm trying to warn you because I want to keep you from from pleasure, I'm going to keep you from fun. I'm going to keep, no, he's keep, he's trying to warn us to keep us from harm. And when God is warning us in scripture, it's not this mean, you know, you know, gray-haired God in the sky. like, I don't want you to have any enjoyment. No, no, he says, no, I want you to have enjoyment from this path that I designed. And it, it leads to an oasis in a crazy culture. And it is satisfying. It's, oh, it's awesome. But no, this path, the six-lane craziness over here, where you're going to go, you know, go to clubs and strip joints and, and pornography at your fingertips and just do whatever, you know, who, with whoever. God's like, I'm trying to warn you. Because that path leads to a destination of pain and regret. Our culture, stupid sex, mentioned this last week. It's like, it's okay, just, you know what? Whenever you feel like you're ready, go ahead and go down that path. Like I said last week, if that's the case, all, you know, a bunch of teenage guys are like, well, I'm ready now. Why should I wait? I was born ready. And that's insanity. But this path leads to secrets. Stupid sex leads to secrets. Like I, I'm, I'm really careful on my computer. I don't want people to know where I've, what sites I've been going to. I don't know, want them to know what movies I've been watching. I don't want them to know, you know, and so, man, I got I'm paranoid. I got to clear my history all the time. And I just got oh my God, on my phone and, and, and there's secrets. I don't want my wife to know. I don't want my friend to know. I don't want my girlfriend to know. I don't want my boyfriend to know. And by the way, pornography is not just a guy thing anymore. The, 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 the rate of females going into pornography is just, is just soaring high. It's a, it's a human being problem. I, I, don't, I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody to know, man, what I, oh, man, that moment, and I, I, I didn't, I just, just went down this crazy, crazy path and I don't want anybody to know. I'm going to keep that sexual event, I'm going to keep that till my grave. Secrets, secrets, secrets. I'm going to bury it deep and don't tell anybody. 
Stupid sex leads to death. The passage says her, her path leads to, to death. Now, death doesn't mean physical death. That could happen. But it, death means separation. It means loss. That the path of stupid sex leads to a death and a loss of honor. Death and a loss of purity. Death and a loss to, to respect. In a relationship, it leads to a loss and a death of trust. Trust is a foundation for every relationship. And when that is jackhammered, it takes a long, painful amount of time to restore that foundation. Because it's been killed. It's been a death of trust. It leads to death of relationships. Like, you know, I'm, I'm out of this, I'm out of this relationship. Because the hurt has been so painful, they walk away. Devastated by our stupidity. It also leads a loss to, to finances. The dad even mentions it. Like, yeah, oh, you got, you got caught looking at porn at work and you lost your job. Now you're paying financially. You, you killed that relationship and now you're paying financial support every single paycheck because of the lack of self-control in the area of sex. It leads to death. And here's the two myths. First myth is, in our culture is, well, practice makes perfect, you know? I mean, how are you really going to know if you're sexually compatible with someone unless you, you know, practice makes perfect? And that is, that is craziness. As a former uh, basketball coach, a shooting coach, um, if you're practicing wrong the whole time, it doesn't matter how much you practice, it's never going to be, you're never going to improve and do it right. You got to do things right. And this whole area of sexuality, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sleep around and, and, and find who I'm compatible with. That is a lie straight from hell. And I, I tr- tr- trust me, actually, uh, I'm not to brag. I'm just like, I actually believed God's word as a teenager. And all my friends were sleeping around. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to actually believe God's word. And, and I met someone who did the same thing. And, and as virgins, you know, by the way, we didn't need practice. We figured it out pretty quick. All right? But this myth is you just got to have all these partners. A lot more pain. But I think the biggest myth I want to just smash today is the myth that sex is only physical. Come on. What's the big deal, Barry? It's just physical. I mean, we're just, we've got urges, you know, and there's somebody, we, and we, we're attracted, and, and, and it's just a physical thing. It didn't mean anything. Honey, I, I know I did this over here with that, with that person, but, I, you know, I, I don't, they don't mean anything to me. I, I love you. Well, that is not going to sell well. But it's, but it's just physical. It's like, come on, what's, what's the big deal? Is it really? And what we have in our culture, with all sorts of avenues of finding sexual satisfaction to the appetite that we have, is now a mindset that people are just a commodity. A commodity is something with value that you use until you find something of greater value you abandon that, you, you walk away from that, and now you're using this commodity, and then you find something of greater value, and you discard that commodity. I mean, that, that works in commerce. That works with iPhones. But really, is it, 
Is that what we're dealing with? This is America right here. That image, that video, just a commodity. And, and our perspective of the value of a human being will keep dropping with that mindset. Sleeping around. Sleeping around. Now I'm going to ask some very difficult questions. That I was giving really good counsel after last message. These questions are hard. But I guarantee there's people sitting in this room that these questions may trigger pain. And I'm not trying to do that. What I'm trying to trigger is a wake up of how we view sex. So I'm not trying to trigger any of you. And if you have been hurt, I'm so sorry. And over time, God can heal you. And God hates. God hates when his precious gift of sex has been twisted and distorted. And he hates people being used like a commodity. But I have to ask these questions because this whole mindset, that it's just physical. So here's a question, why? If sex is just physical, then why are children who are sexually abused have a difficult time healing? And it takes years, decades, some of them in the rest of their life. Well, it's, it's just, it's only physical then why, why is rape more painful and traumatic than getting beat up? See, often if someone's beat up and physically assaulted, they report that, but the percentage of rapes that never go reported are pretty high. Why? If it's just physical, the body will, you know, bruises will heal, cuts will heal. Really, is it just physical? On a deeper level, this question and why is it that people with uninvolved or missing fathers often have the deepest sexual issues? Number of partners, sexual addictions. Is, is it just physical or is there more to it? And then the 60s came along in our country. For the most part, there's always been immorality. There's always been temptation. There's always been. But as a country, the number of, of people waiting till marriage and staying monogamous in their marriage is pretty wide path. But the 60s came along and said, no, no, no. This is too constricting. It's, it's too narrow. It's, you know, it's, it's just, come on. We need a sexual revolution. So about 50-some years ago, there was a sexual revolution in our country. And it was like, hey, man, if you've got, you got urges and desires, you should go at them. And if you're not with the, lo- the one you love, you just love the one you're with. And all these songs. And it's just it's free love. And, and there's no big deal. It's just physical. And, and then out of that gave birth to, per- I mean, there's always pornography. It was always hidden in dark, seedy you know, parts of 
of towns, and now it's like it's exploded, and it's been exploding ever since. And, and now it's a worldwide, America's the number one exporter of pornography all over the place, and it just exploded all over the place. And experimental, uh, you know, act, encouragement, just experiment, just do whatever, whatever, with anybody. And it's all that. So this question, this last couple of questions. Did the sexual revolution really work? Is our culture better because of it? Are marriages stronger because of it? Did it lead to real freedom at all? I would say no. It's not just physical. People are not commodities. God did not design any of us to be a commodity, to be used and discarded. So let me contrast that with the designer's plans, with the designer's intention. First of all, the designer sex was God designed our human bodies to enjoy sex. So as I wash it, I wait. It's enjoyable. Well, it, our designer designed nerve endings in certain areas of males and certain areas of females that when they're touched, they're like, woohoo, woohoo, baby. The designer did that on purpose. The designer said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chemically put in your human body chemicals, you know, for enjoyment, you know, endorphins. I'm going to give you hormones, you know, for, for, for being aroused, you know, certain hormones. God did that, but he did it for a reason, for a purpose. I'll get to that. So we were designed, it was designed to be enjoyable, but even scripture says sin, if we go down the sin path and stupid sex path, it will be enjoyable for a season. But it will be enjoyable because that's the design. And also, don't, don't forget this, it was designed to be holy. Holy means set apart, special. I have paper plates at home. They hold food. On special occasions, my wife's Nana's china comes out. It holds food too. <laughs> Paper plates are cheap. You toss them away. Find china, you be real careful. And it just things, seems to taste better when it's on that plate. Designer sex, done right, it's holy, set apart, special. So let me break it down. Designer sex is blessed by God. Why? Because he made it. And you do it the way the, you know, the designer designed it and you will be blessed. You will be blessed. Even if you've been down the wrong path or things happened to you and you were hurt and, 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 and just horrible things happened to you, God can, can begin a a new work inside of you into healing. And, and when you start going down the path and doing it God's way, he will bless you and bless that special gift that God designed for marriage. But God said this, let me, the designer is this, is that it, this is for when you are married. Not when you're ready, but when you're married. When you're married. 
very clear. Not trying to be mean. He's trying to be holy, special. And sex, God designed it that it affects all areas of our life. All areas of our life. Done right, beautiful, intimate marriage sex. <laughs> it affects us physically. It affects us mentally. It blesses us emotionally. All right? It actually in- helps us spiritually. It helps the relationship. God goes, no, no, no. It is a 360 degree, you know, full surround sound designer sex. It, it touches every area. Blesses every area. But here's, here's the key, though. It's fueled by exclusivity. It is fueled by all of me is for all of you alone. And all of you is for all of me alone. When that happens, it leads to the next thing that's super important is trust grows. Trust is solidified. In that relationship, oh yeah, I go out to see. I, 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 I'll miss you, but I trust you that you're not going to do anything stupid, and you can trust me to stay stateside and not do anything stupid. Are you going to do that? Okay, go ahead and do it. You know what happens when this is gone? All right, everything gets way more complicated. But in designer sex, trust grows, and it also increases satisfaction, increases satisfaction. Now, Hollywood will laugh at this. They do laugh at this. Oh, the only sex you've had is with your your wife because you're married. Oh, how boring, one person, ha, 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 ha. They don't make any movies about that. It's like party crazy over here. Now, last time I did a marriage series, I talked about a, survey, a study from the New York Times, it was posted on the New York Times of, of between singles and marrieds and, you know, swingers, I mean, all sorts of groups. Who has the most satisfying sex? Who enjoys it the most satisfying sex? And, and so I told you about that, that study. Well, I found in the last month, I found that there's a British study and a German study with the same exact American study, the same question. We want to find out which category of people have the most satisfaction with their sex. And all three, it found monogamous marriages are the most satisfied sexually. And let me just give you a hint. Of that group, couples who go to church on a regular basis we're even satisfied more. Like, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you invite your friends to church, you can say, you're going to come to church with me. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling you, the survey says if you faithfully go to church, you have a better satisfaction in sex. They're going to go, what time are your services? <laughs> but do we hear this at all in our culture? No. No. I even found out there's studies going on and going, okay, that has to be wrong, and we got to figure it out. God blesses what he designed. And what this all leads to, all of that leads to is intimacy. Any two bodies can come together, but that is not intimacy. But when there's exclusivity and there's trust and you're doing it God's way and God's blessing, it leads to intimacy 
I am fully known and I fully know them. And there's this God-given magic that takes place. Because we're doing it the way it was designed. So Paul writes in the New Testament to the church at Corinth that was just crazy culture, very much like an American culture with sex. And he writes to, to the believers there, he says, I want, you to do, I want you to flee from it. Don't flirt with it. Don't, don't, don't get, even get closer with it. Flee from sexual immorality. That means any other sexual, you know, fulfillment outside of a marriage. Anything. It's, it's, it's all immoral, sexually immoral. Flee it from it. Run. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Now, now wait a second. All, all sin is, is horrible against, with the holy God, right? Right? Yeah, but, but for some reason, God goes, all, all that sin, and Jesus died for all of it, but he pulls out, but sexual sin is like in its own category. It's still sin, still punishment, but, but you sin against yourself. You've ever heard of? Sexually transmitted disease that never gets talked about in our culture, but it's rampant. That's sinning against one's own body. They did a study of a normal brain and did a brain scan, which if you and I would do it, they were like, is there a brain there? Because that's, that's what the purpose is. No, they said, Here, here's a normal brain. And they said, here's someone um, who is addicted to cocaine. And there was a big big transition of these bright yellow colors are like means there's major addiction and, and they kind of pretty much alter who they are. And we've all known people who got hooked on cocaine. It's so addicting. So normal brain, cocaine brain. Then they did a study on those people who are addicted to pornography. You couldn't tell the difference between a cocaine addict and a porn addict. It physically changes your body for the worse. And the only way you get free from pornography is you starve it out of your life completely. Starve it out. You can keep praying and memorize Bible verses. You should do that. But the only way, Ephesians talks about you gotta starve it completely. Verse 19, he says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God that is physically in your body, the spirit of God. Verse 20, he says, you are not your own. Can't do whatever you want if you're a believer. You were bought with a price. We celebrate that today with communion. You were bought with the blood and body of Christ. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And in that is those sexual appetites. Honor God with your sexual appetites that God put there. God designed to go down this path, this narrow path versus the sexual highway and the six-lane highway. Honor God. What you do to your body, who you do it with. Now, the interesting thing is that in, that's chapter 6. Chapter 7, Paul's like, okay, let me talk to you married people. Uh, this applies to all of us. But let me talk to you married people. He, verse 2, chapter 7, um, he says this. Um, but since sexual immorality is occurring, this is crazy in Corinth, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. I mean, you should re read the Bible because he's like, you guys should be having sex with your own husband and with your own wife. Verse 3. 
that the husband should fulfill his what? Marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. Like it's part of the marriage, it's part of the relationship, it's part of the covenant. And, and then the next couple of verses going, okay, now, by the way, your body is not your own. It, it belongs to your spouse. It belongs to God, then your spouse, and then you get, what's, you get leftovers. And he says, well, there, there could be a period of time where you don't have sex, and you guys both need to agree with it, and put a time limit, you know, a start and a finish date. And as soon as that agreed upon time of no sex happens, have sex again. Because you don't want to tempt, you know, lack of self-control. You're guy, I've never heard that before. You really should read your Bible more. God is pro-sex. He is. Designer sex. So our choice, though, our choice is up to us. What path? Now, if you're taking notes, the last part of the notes is this. Again, we have a choice. It's this is that determine today, again, that's a choice, determine today what story you want to tell tomorrow. Because we're all gonna tell the story tomorrow. Determine today what story you're gonna want to tell tomorrow. That you're gonna wanna tell your future wife, that you wanna tell your future husband, you wanna tell your future children, you wanna tell your grandkids. What story? Well, choose, determine today. I want, I want to choose a, a story of purity and start that today. I'm going to choose to get off that highway and obey God. That, first of all, that requires repentance. I'm going this way. Repentance means I'm going to go the opposite direction. Repentance. Surrender, repentance, and choose that today to help all of us, singles, married, doesn't matter the age, is uh, I put some resource, I made a video in my office, I'm like, and this book, and this book, and this magazine, and stuff, I put all that, to the, I don't have time today, so you can go to this website, you can pick up these postcards at guest services, and you can get some resources to help you win the battle against temptation, I even put some resources for married couples, you want to spice up the designer sex, on a Christian-based books, you're going to go, woohoo! Yeah, they are out there. I put some of those there to help, help you because I want all of us to win in this area that God designed. Would you pray with me? God, you know all of our stories. You know our choices. You see it all. We saw it in Proverbs. You see everything. God, I pray that there would be lots of repentance, that I got to start starving myself off of watching those movies, watching uh, those images, looking at those images, I, I need to repent and I need to starve that sin out of my life. God, I pray that that would ha happen. Re repentance of I, I've been flirting at work. I got to stop that. I'm going to repent. I'm going to do something completely opposite. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until I'm married. I'm going to wait. I'm going to honor God's word. God, I pray that you would draw people to repentance and then a path of purity. Some of them from this day forward. I'm choosing the path of purity for designer sex. Lord, help us, heal us. We pray that you would do that in your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
part five next Sunday. Now, if you're a guest today visiting for us uh, for the first time, please go to guest services. We have a gift for you. But before you do that, including anybody who's been uh, new to our church for the last three, four months, we have a very brief meet and greet with donuts and coffee uh, just to say hello to some of us pastors and directors. Um, Briefly, right after the service, head on over there. Part five next Sunday. Have a great day.